What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter Carrie Rowan on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live. Hello, and welcome to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. We are on Dream Vision Syndicated, Dream Vision 7 Radio, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can listen online on your mobile device, in your car, or ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. To learn more and for a full schedule, go to dreamvision7radio.com and evolve with us as we unite humankind with universal love. And welcome to Look for the Good, everybody. And as we always do here on this show, is we do, we look for what's good, right? When our brains are so beautifully predisposed to look for what's wrong, we have to find workarounds. We got to find ways to get around that. Because if you're not managing your mindset, I guarantee it's managing you. And that's what we're going to talk about. We love talking about the stories underneath these thoughts that hold us back in our life. What is it that's holding you back? And I can't wait to introduce my special guest, Deb Harrison. Hello, Deb, and welcome. Hi. Thank you, Carrie. It's great to be here. So nice to have you here. Um, and Deb is is really going to share some amazing stories. I love her background. But before we get into that, a quick word from our sponsor. Do you feel stuck and long for growth in your life? Do you wish you had more tools to adapt to life's challenges on the fly? Deb Harrison Growth and Change Catalyst helps individuals and businesses to adapt in an ever-changing world so you can improve performance and well-being. She's a candid roll-up-your-sleeves guide for navigating transitions, conquering obstacles, clarifying communication, and unlocking potential, leading to meaningful and sustainable growth. Deb will passionately inspire you to not only recognize, but to apply your unique gifts in a way that makes a difference. Visit D Harrison, P as in purpose, D as in vision, D as in drive. So that's D Harrison, PVD.com to find out more. Thanks and welcome, Deb. I love what you do. Growth and Change Catalyst. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, and why you do this amazing work that you do helping other people change. Sure, Carrie. Thanks. So obviously, it's sometimes it's hard to pick where do I want to go first. So I'll start kind of historically back to childhood. We'll kind of just give a brief synopsis. So um, as a child, I was always really drawn to want to inspire people and bring joy. And I found that. And there was a lot of people feeding that into my life and saying that. I had some trauma and some challenges that I experienced and my way of maneuvering through them instead of kind of sinking myself into the quagmire of it was to really look for ways to overcome it. And I was blessed with that ability and so carried that forward. At the same time, I really struggled with change and growth. And 
uh, I shouldn't say growth so much as change, right? So even something as simple as you may have changed the blanket on my bed, and I would find that to be difficult to cope initially. And I think a lot of that had to do with all of these external factors that were happening in my life that I couldn't control. So something like that felt like one piece too many. And that really has driven that change component into everything that I've done. Uh, I was teacher straight. So I went straight from high school into college, became a teacher, loved teaching, loved learning. It was a great fit for me, tied right in with the change and the growth and the wanting to spread joy. And I was a teacher for 13 years. And uh, as a result of some circumstances that were going in my, on in my life, I was having my first child. There were some medical issues. I stepped down from a full-time role to a part-time role. And when you do that, you sever your tenure. And as a result, uh, I think it was even that year, maybe, or a couple years later, the budget was cut and my position was cut because I was a part-time position. And at the time, it was it was devastating because this has been what I went to school for. It was everything that I was passionate about. I loved teaching. I loved kids. And it was a big part of my income, right? So at that point, I kind of was sitting on the moment before the pivot, right? <laughs> so like, what's next? Mm -hmm. And a friend had reached out to me and said, uh, you know, you're great with English because I was an English teacher. You do writing. I'm working for this client. They're relaunching their website and they need a copywriter. So this would be an opportunity for you to come and kind of explore some of your writing abilities. And my initial thought was kind of being overwhelmed. Like I didn't, you know, get ecstatic and excited about it because I thought like, can I do this? Am I ready to kind of seg you into this whole new world? Uh, but be that as it may, life kind of said, you got to do this. And so I did it. And as I was working on that website with them, was going to these meetings where I had opportunities to offer process suggestions because we were working on their website and how they were doing things. And the CEO at one point just kind of said, like, you got some really great suggestions. I'm not sure why we just have you using copy doing copywriting. And that was the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of partially accidental, partially in intentional. I maneuvered from being a teacher into being a business consultant and was able to marry the passion that I had for growth and change with the teaching and education, with my skill set in writing, into being able to be a business consultant. So not a path you would ever plot out, but the path that has worked perfectly for me. I love that. I just love that. And I feel like the path is always there for us, right? And that's the beauty when you can let go because you sort of had to let go and become your own change catalyst, right? You had to let right. go of all your old ideas about what it should be, what your degree was, all these things that were playing around with in our head to let go and see the path that was right in front of you unfolding, right? I, I love all that. You had a lot of synchronistic moments in there with your client saying to you, hey, right. Somebody else seeing your value and your talents and like, hey, uh, we want you to give us some more great ideas. I love that. I think it's a perfect example of when we let go and we let the universe, how magical things, that's where the magic is, right? Right. Absolutely. Well, and even from that in all of the client relationships that I've had, I can't think of one client where I haven't been in a position where they're asking me to do something that was a little outside of what I had done before. So it's like you could see these growth moments continually happening and you hit those periods and you either go, well, I've not done this before. So therefore I should say, I don't do this. This isn't what I do. Or you go, I've not done this yet. So mm -hmm. let me see how I can learn it forward. And so each client relationship that I've had and continue to have, I'm learning myself as much as I'm teaching, right? And I'm continuing yes. to evolve. I ended up doing a lot of leadership coaching that hadn't been part of my plan, but as I would be working at a client, 
the people in leadership positions would be seeking out counsel, sometimes not even necessarily fully business related. It might've just been something they overheard me talking about and thought, you might have some insight that could be helpful to me. And, you know, all of a sudden you step back and you're like, I'm, I'm leadership coaching, but I don't even know how I got here. And it's because you just keep kind of saying yes forward, mindful mm. that, of course, because I don't ever want people to think that it's that you pretend you're something you're not. So never entered any of those positions trying to give anybody the impression that, yeah, I've got this 100%. I'm an expert. But leaning into the opportunity to become something more and to learn something more. And the more I do that, the more it feeds my ability to feed that into other people. Right. Mm. So it's that beautiful cycle. It is. I love it. You're learning from your clients. I feel that way too. We're always just like our children. They're a great example of that, right? You know, I feel like we're supposed to be their their greatest teacher, but there is so much that they come here to teach us, right? It's that same reciprocal give and Absolutely. take. Um, and I love that. I love that somehow you weren't afraid to just to step into it. I'm sure there was some fear there, right? We all, when we we're faced with things that we're like, ooh, I never did that before. All those little creepy <laughs> stories that right, are in our right. head come in. Oh, you sure you can do this? You're not good enough. Are you smart enough? I need another, another degree, right? All these things that we play around with in our minds. How did you overcome that to just step into it? Ooh, what a great question. So I would think, so for me, so there's a couple elements to that. So one is I, I repurposed a skill that I learned when I was young and that, that skill, and this is something that I think is, is so important is resilience, right? Mm. And I, I looked at what I had overcome. So, so many circumstances that I encountered throughout my life from childhood onward that I was up against the situation and was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this or I'm overwhelmed by this situation. And then you do. And so when I encounter situations where I'm feeling any type of hesitance, trepidation, you know, even that internal resistance, and there's a variety of different ways that that can exhibit itself. I look back at, okay, but you have faced situations like this before and you have gotten through them. And it isn't always necessarily, so the success of getting through something doesn't necessarily mean you accomplish what your set out goal was, right? So if if I was a runner, right, and there were certain times I wanted to hit, and sometimes I didn't hit them, right? So, but I got through the period of working towards that. So mm -hmm. it's that striving through. So when I approach these situations, that both helps me because I say, you've gone through difficult circumstances before. And if you go through this and you don't ultimately hit whatever it is you think of as success in that specific circumstance, it will be okay. That doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean the trying was a failure or that it erases all of the other bigger little wins that you may have had prior to and will have afterwards. It's just part of it all. So that's definitely a big part for me. Um, my, you know, my faith for me has always been there. And so certainly I rely a lot on that and taking mm -hmm. time to pause and realize that there are things that are bigger than myself and then feed into that resilience and just say, it's, you know, you can get through this because you've gotten through things before mm -hmm. and appreciate the joy of learning. Right? I love always that. that opportunity to learn. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And you just gave a little, one of your little secret mantras there. You said, it'll be okay right? So we right. all have these little mantras that we play over and over. And I love that. It'll be okay. Um, it'll all work out. I have one that I love to say it's things are always working out for me. You right. know, and when we can remind ourselves of that in the moment when you need it at the most, you know, I, I wrote this article about how to believe in yourself. And that's one of the things that you just described is being your own right. best cheerleader. Hey, wait a second, fear. Hold on a second, fear. I've done this before. 
I can get through this. I know how to get through this. Um, And I even have clients go to the point where they construct a whole list of all the really cool things that they've done in their life, right? And they create this little feel-good folder where they put maybe notes and accolades and a list that they created. And um, we're in the same mastermind. They call that the badass list, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I call it the life resume when I'm working with clients. A life resume. You've got your professional accomplishments, but did you overcome an illness? Put that on your life resume. Yeah, I love the life resume. Yeah. So I call it the feel good folder. But when you create that in your mind or on a piece of paper, you always have that to remind yourself because it's really, it's those little, the tiniest, quietest stories that are the ones that are really not true, right? Those little ones we adopted a long time ago. And so when you have some proof to overcome that and say, you know, um, fear, take a side, take a side seat or get in the back seat, right? I love that. I think that's super powerful. And your whole story of how everything evolved it's just really amazing. And, um, you know, as life throws us obstacles, as it loves to do, the stuff's always going to hit the fan, but you've got yourself a good mindset already. You know, um, how do you cultivate that? How do you nurture that mindset that helps you get through tough times? So absolutely gratitude. So remembering to take time to appreciate the things that, that I've been given to me, right. That have come into my life that I maybe haven't even necessarily looked for, sought or worked for, and then to appreciate the skills and the gifts that I have. Uh, one of the challenges that I have had throughout my life is feeling, so two different types of insecurity and the one that I want to speak about. So insecurity of not being good enough, but also insecurity as being seen as thinking I'm better than. And because of my inherent desire since childhood to make people feel good and feel their joy, I never want me shining my light to make somebody feel like I don't think they should shine theirs because mine is better. And so whenever I'm encountering kind of these things where I have to, to, you know, to your point, nurture that growth mindset, nurture that ability to move forward, I try to think about is what I'm doing speaking to using the gifts in the best way that I can? And is it looking at, is it moving in a direction that it either is intentionally going to be helping somebody shine their light, but at the very least not stopping somebody else from shining their light. Mm -hmm. And so if I check myself on those and I'm clear that I'm not trying to sabotage myself or anybody else then I feel like it's okay to move forward. Um, I also think it's it's a redefinition of the word okay, right? You were talking about that that mantra, it's, a, it's going to be okay. It, okay doesn't necessarily mean win, right? Mm. Okay doesn't necessarily mean hit the time that I wanted to, to run, hit the income that I wanted to hit, um, form the relationship or networking connection that I wanted to. It means that whether I do or don't, there is going to be something that's going to be learned from it. So if I'm not sabotaging myself and I'm not sabotaging somebody else and I'm looking for where I can learn and how I'm going to grow from this, then ultimately that's where that okay is, right? Mm. That the okay is I'm not hurting and I'm not preventing and I'm not um, missing an opportunity for growth and learning. So that's, those are like, yeah. Those are like your little bookends, you know, like they just sort of outline everything as long as I'm this and this. And I love that. I mean, you obviously have done a lot of self-work because to have that kind of an answer off the top of your head and knowing what those two things are means you are very intentional in your work. And I just love that. And I think a lot of times people miss um, the intention, you know, the why behind things. We can have all those goals. You want that fast race or you want to make, you know, but to get behind, why do I want to make that money? 
you know, because when you start unraveling that, and I'm sure you do that with clients, it's so interesting to get to the juicy stuff, to get to the good stuff. Why? Oh, well, you know, make up a reason. My daughter wants to go to this really great school and it's so expensive. It's 50 grand a year or whatever. Right. And so that why is, gives it everything a much higher purpose, a higher meaning. What's your biggest why behind your work? Oh, so my biggest why behind my work would be the desire to truly help people, all people, right, as much as possible to feel their gifts, their unique gifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is at the core of my parenting, that is the core of my personal relationships, and that's the core of my professional relationships. I don't always succeed, right? Certainly as a parent, you know, I feel like a lot of parenting is like, oh, I could have done that better, right? So I mean, on a regular basis, there are times where I'm like, what could I, what could I have said differently? But that's my, that's my goal, mm-hmm. right? And so if I'm giving somebody advice, if I'm learning from somebody else, if I'm helping somebody to plot a plan, right? Maybe we're working on a software implementation. How can everybody that's part of the conversation, part of the project, in the room, in whatever way, shape, or form, be participatory in that light shining. So a lot of that rolls into like when I go into clients, big corporations, right, working with them, you know, the concept that every single person who is in that organization has brilliant suggestions that could fix something, right? Something. I'm not going to say they're not all going to solve the same problem. Mm -hmm. So how does everybody at that corporation get an opportunity to share their ideas in a way that's going to be helpful? In families, how is everybody's voice heard, mm. right? In our in our relationships with friends, how do we make sure that we're being attentive to hearing other people's stories and sharing our own stories? So that opportunity for everybody to shine is really, really at the core of it all. And I think being mindful that in each thing that I look to do, each goal that I set, that I am taking into consideration where the ripple effects are, right? So that what might seem really shiny and great right here, is it going to contribute to the bigger picture? Or is it something that I'm just kind of allowing myself to think is going to make me happy right now? Mm, I love that. That's super powerful. And the and the everyone having a voice, right? Because isn't that you're giving somebody that emotional air, if you will, to be heard, that's what we want to be heard. We right. all need to be heard and we all need to be seen. Whether the idea solves the problem or not, we just right. want to be heard, right? And I think that a lot of times people have a really hard time listening as well as they should um, in this day and age because they're just always thinking about what they're going to say next. Um, and so that's a really, really, it's a huge gift, I think, that you that you give. And I love how you combine corporate, but there's also a sort of spiritual feeling to what you're doing as well. It's right. a very high vibe. Um, and to bring that into a, a corporate world, I think is where the magic starts to happen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I mean, I have there's a story actually that that occurred to me about my childhood that kind of ties in with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was when I was little, and of course, I as I mentioned, I was in a, a household where there was a lot of challenges going on, mm-hmm. and uh, w- my faith was an important part of my survival in that. And a lot of times, I would find a place to kind of hide myself away, closet under the bed. Well, for whatever reason, I had determined I had really wanted a chimpanzee. And I mean, when I say I wanted a chimpanzee, I like, like, exactly, that's the initial reaction. But for me, (laughs) there was something even bigger about it. This chimpanzee was going to be my companion. I was going to rescue this chimpanzee. I was going to teach this chimpanzee thing. So it was part of this whole bigger picture. And I can't even quite grasp what age I was at. So I had really, in my mind, kind of determined that 
this chimpanzee was going to make things perfect, right? I'm going to get this pet chimpanzee. So I even had created a plan in my mind of how this was going to happen. There was going to have been a zoo or a circus traveling through. And I promise this does end up having a point. And this chimpanzee was going to escape. And was I was going to find it in the woods because we lived in the mountains. I was going to find this chimpanzee in the mountains. And I was, as a result of finding this chimpanzee, the people that it had escaped from were going to recognize it would have a better life with me and I could have this chimpanzee. So plan was perfect, right? Chimpanzee, this is going to make life great. And my faith being as it was, I went out into the road and onto my, where we lived very secluded and had this very profound conversation with God and was absolutely 100% confident that at the end of this prayer, the chimpanzee was going to come, you know, swinging down through the woods. So um, here I am, I'm in the mountains, I'm praying. I'm not really, you know, I don't remember a lot of the other details other than I can remember that it was sunny and the breeze was blowing. I had my eyes closed. I was talking to God. I was filled with such joy because this chimpanzee was about to come and, and it was going to make so much of the difficulties in my life make sense. Well, there was no chimpanzee, <laughs> but the profound realization that I had standing there in the road of, I just prayed for this and God didn't give it to me. And so either my faith is wrong, right? Or mm. God doesn't want me to be happy. Like there were all these multiple implications because for me, again, it wasn't just this pet chimpanzee. It was this bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And as I'm walking into the house, I start to think to myself about, you know, what this delightful experience was going to be and started to realize like, where was the chimpanzee going to live? What was I going to feed this chimpanzee? Like, how was I really going to take care of a chimpanzee? And some of my sadness and you know, really negative impact from not getting it started to subside because I realized like maybe not a tight plan. Like maybe this chimpanzee wasn't going to work out. I have recalled that story so many times over the course of my life because I think about how many times we walk towards something without really pausing to think about it's what we're really going to, is really going to feed us or we need because some uh, something has told us it's going to be right. So we walk into situations we're not equipped to handle or we tell other people, to, to chase a chimpanzee, right? Because we don't pause to think right. about this person cannot care for a chimpanzee. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that piece of, of faith and that piece of awareness that there are things that I cannot comprehend that are bigger than me. And even when I may think that I know what should be, I may not. And so to be open continually occurs to me. And I told this story to somebody recently, which is what made me think of it again. And he said, you know, what a great, what a great uh, memoir. You should call it Chasing Chimpanzees. And I was like, oh, it's a great Love idea, that. right? But that, yeah. that notion of recurring throughout my life. Yeah. So a little bit of I a side that. tangent, but it does tie in with, with what you were saying. It's amazing. And don't go anywhere. We're going to break real quick for um, uh, intermission, a word from our sponsor, but you're not, you're going to want to hear what we have to say after this. So come right back. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. Are you a hardworking business owner or nonprofit? Do you want a bank with a neighborhood feel that you can truly trust? At Webster 5, our mission 
mission is to support local organizations and the people who are building stronger communities every day. Webster 5 has a true understanding of the issues facing businesses and nonprofits. From day-to-day processes to long-term funding, our business banking team offers expert guidance and a unique set of tailored solutions. Visit web5.com to find out more. Webster 5, member FDIC, member DIF. Ever notice how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life? Ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again? Tune into this high-energy show with author and mindset coach Carrie Rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Carrie uses powerful storytelling, easy-to-use tools, and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results. Join Carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired, empowered, and ready to find the good every day of your life. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carryrowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Hello, and welcome back to Look for the Good. We are back here today with Deb Harrison, and we're talking about chasing chimpanzees, right? We're talking about her story about the chimpanzee. And it really made me feel like what you were saying, Deb. I I love the metaphor about that and how you applied it to other aspects and teaching as a teaching moment for not only yourself, but for other people. And it made me think about one of the laws of the universe, to be unattached to the outcome. Right. And for such a young person to come up with that, is like truly, truly, it must have been a powerful moment. I mean, the fact that you still remember it today. And how does that serve you today being unattached to the outcome? Well, in two ways. One, I think, because then you get less caught up in judging yourself at each step that you take along the journey. Because if you do that, you're going to get caught up in every single single mistake that you make. And you can't, right? You're going to make mistakes. So I think if you accept that you're going to make mistakes and that ultimately you could even find yourself very far off course from what you thought was the outcome that you should achieve. And I say thought because sometimes what we think should be the outcome is not the outcome that's best for us. That we allow ourselves to experience things so much more fully. And 
I, at the end of last year, we were, I was doing something where we were asked to think of a word for the year and I had picked the word joy. It just kind of came out of nowhere. And I thought, joy, that's interesting. I wonder why when I've got all these like very strategic things that I want to do that the word joy. And I thought, well, really joy is at the core of it. If we are in the midst of difficult circumstances or finding ourselves meandering far away from a goal that we thought we really wanted to achieve, but we're being very intentionally present in the moment and accepting that everything that we do is contributing to something bigger and is going to ultimately be part of whatever the outcome is, we can experience so much more gratitude. We can experience more peace, which ultimately we all need, right? I don't think anybody would say they don't want more peace in their life. And so I thought, yeah, joy, that makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, allowing yourself to feel happiness, happiness beyond that kind of happiness you see maybe in a comic strip, actual happiness in every single thing that we do, because there is something to be gained and we are moving forward as part of that and we are influencing other people. And it also, there's a, there's a, there's a topic that I'm, I really find <laughs> very, for me, very important to mention. I think specifically because in our desires to be inspirational and motivational, and, and social media has certainly contributed to this, we sometimes get caught up in saying, saying things that sound really good and really motivational, but can actually be contradictory, right? Mm -hmm. So the notion that we can set big goals and big dreams and go after them, mm -hmm. great, right? Very much on board. But the idea that we can do anything that we set our mind to or anything you dream about you're going to achieve, it's it's not realistic and and you're going to love it and that's okay. Right. There are limits and there are boundaries. And if everybody could do everything, we would become a very bland world. Right. Boring. The part that we all have. Yeah. yeah. The fact that we all have different stories, different paths, different gifts. That's what makes it so exciting. And that's what feeds into joy. You're constantly mm -hmm. learning. And so a, a lot of times, you know, people will will speak to me and I think their their expectation maybe from past experiences they've either had with coaching or just with mentors or or just people that were positive in their life is the expectation that we're going to just kind of be like, you got this no matter what you got this. Well, you do got this, meaning the journey, but you may not have that goal, mm -hmm. right? I As I say to my kids, if I came downstairs tomorrow and said, I'm going to become an Olympic skier next week, the answer would be, no, you're not going to become an Olympic skier next week. I don't even ski. So that's a bigger joke than <laughs> oh, you may no. even realize. <laughs> it's okay if I say, I want to learn to ski. I want to get better at skiing. But it's it's not realistic for me to say that I'm going to become an Olympic skier. And that we can, those boundaries are meant to elevate us, not suppress us. Mm -hmm. Because when we set goals that we can reach for, then we're we're we are constantly kind of feeding into that incremental growth and we're and we're giving ourselves those those wins i don't i like necessarily want to call them little wins because every win is a win but again incremental wins mm -hmm. and that's i just so i so i kind of i find myself even sometimes when i start to say anybody like no if you want to do it you can do it. it like i think we need to be we need to be mindful of how we say that and focus on what you said which is you know the the path that we're we're on and how we accept and receive and and give as part of all of that. Yeah, I love that. I, and focused on, you know, what you're really saying too underneath that is focused on the journey, right? We're focused on what is this journey? What is this path that I'm on? Because that's where the magic is. And we get so focused on the end goal. And yes, of course, we need goals, but we need intentions, right? We need the intention that says, I want to live a joyful life. 
right. you know, and then let your goals follow that. Let the, let the intention sit behind that goal and drive it. But it's in the journey, right? And we've heard that a thousand times. We know it's in the journey, but how do you actually build that into your whole life? How do you make each step of that journey count? Well, you just, you're, you're, you're always focused on, of course, why you're doing something because the why is actually going to get you where you want to go a lot further than the goal. And so right. each step along the path, living with joy is an end to a means in and of itself. Right. Because once you figure out how to do that, and once you figure out how to live in the emotions that are more important to you to live in, instead of the ones that we tend to be addicted to over here, the lower vibe emotions, right. when you're living in that high vibe, you are just so happy. Everything's coming your way. Life becomes a whole lot less about the efforting. And I think that's where people miss it a lot, right? Is that just being finding right. the way to be in that present moment awareness and while being realistic but not forgetting about what is it, what are the emotions that you want to feel? Yeah, you want that goal to, you know, win the race or whatever, but why? What is the what is the feeling that you need? What need is that filling in for you? Right. You know, those are like brilliant. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I also love you said the word efforting. And I don't know that I've ever heard it used quite like that. And I really like that word, the efforting, right? I think it's it's critical that we acknowledge well and again and acknowledge we're going to feel sadness we're going to feel anger we're going to feel frustrations those mm -hmm. we're not going to dis disregard those feelings of even course. when we're trying to intentionally be joyful mm -hmm. there's setbacks that happen and they hurt so but the efforting so if we can reward ourselves the efforting and i, I like i was thinking it was maybe a few weeks ago there was something i was trying to do i was just having one of those days where you're like you're burnt out like the moment that your alarm goes off yeah. right like you've already <laughs> kind of and it and and mindset or not, like you're going to have those days where you're just exhausted. And so of course, once you're in that place, it's cumulative. And so then everything that happens, it happens negatively because mm -hmm. that's where you're at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can, and I, I tongue in cheek, right? If you spill your glass of water on yourself, you're not usually going to be like, oh, it's refreshing. I feel nice and cooled off now, right? Like that's <laughs> usually going to be like, I'm all soaking wet. This is especially unpleasant. on your computer. <laughs> right, right. Well, computer, that's a whole, that's a whole separate thing. Computer. Um, <laughs> And I'm actually, I, I'm one of those people that like, I, if I'm drinking something, it almost always ends up somehow partially on me. I don't even, I could have the coffee on the desk and not even be touching it. Somehow it ends up out of the cup on me. <laughs> In the same way. But but the way that we approach those things and and we know it because if we look at examples in our life of days where we were in a good mood and we tripped and fell in the grass and we laughed and mm -hmm. days when we're in a bad mood and you trip and fall in the grass and you cry or you punch the ground. So so if we, we're not going to control that, right? So I don't want to pretend that like, mm -hmm. I control that or anybody's going to be able to be constantly like, oh, yeah, yeah, I tripped. That's great. But if we try to think about it, so even when I'm in those rough days and I found myself doing this and was like, oh, okay, that's cool because I, I don't know that I'm always necessarily doing it. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I responding to this situation because of the situation? Is that why I'm responding this way? Or am I responding this way because I woke up this morning and it had already kind of was already kind of not in a great place. And so it didn't change my emotion. I still felt kind of crummy, mm -hmm. but it did change my action because instead of like spiraling in the anger or frustration at the situation, I found myself going like, okay, well, tomorrow you're going to look back at this and be like, that was ridiculous. So like, let's, let's not let this, let's not let the regret that I have be worse than I don't like the way I felt. Mm. And so change the action. And so Again, can't always do it, but if we're yep. mindful of it, it does start to become more habit. I love that. Change the action. It's really powerful because 
I love what you said before about it becoming cumulative because that's what happens. You know, you're having a bad day, having a bad day. And then you ask the question, what else could go wrong? Ooh, let's not ask that question, right? Like, because it becomes <laughs> right. cumulative. Oh, just right. wait. Uh, lots of things, you know, and I talk about that in my book a lot. Um, and the negative is so easy to catch on and go down the negative spiral, right? Because the brain right. loves that. So it just becomes, it's way easier to do that. Then, like you said, to just stop for a second. Hey, wait, I'm feeling really frustrated and that's okay. Um, right. To acknowledge the feeling. But the piece that I think people kind of miss out on is the positive becomes just as cumulative, but you have to intentionally start it, the positive role because the mind always wants to start the negative role. It's always going to be right there with you. Right. Yeah. And what about this? What about that? Right. That's the RAS looking for what's bad because you told it that was important to you. Right. Right. So now starting the momentum in the positive direction. And once you get that going, that's a real fun journey. That is when you laugh, when you fall on the grass. Right. right. <laughs> and that's the- Exactly. Right? That's the power of momentum. You want to get momentum in the right direction because momentum in the other direction really stinks. Um, and so how do you stop yourself? Well, you become, you realize that you're in the middle of it. You realize, hey, wait a second. I'm really exhausted today. I'm going to step away from my computer and I'm going to go meditate or I'm going to take it. I'm going to lay down right. for 15 minutes you know, and doing, taking some action to help yourself step out of it. I love that. It's yeah. Brilliant. And it carries on to, and I think if we do that, even not just with ourselves and our own productivity and our own actions, but obviously, especially in our interactions with other people, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, being able to say, this is an important conversation. Let me think about it for a moment, right? We don't always have to have to have the conversation right in the moment. We've, we're in such a instantaneous feedback society right now, driven by social media, but I, mm -hmm. but I think that, you know, there's a lot of different things that we're kind of promoting that, that mm -hmm. sometimes, unless there's something that has to be solved in that moment, right? It's an emergency. Obviously you can't be like, I'm going to, you know, we're going to table this discussion, but when you have opportunities to really try to make sure that you're considering the different things that could be impacting what your decision is, uh, I think leaders right now are under a, a lot of pressure because LinkedIn has got just running kind of journal of everything that they should do right right mm -hmm. be be more compassionate be more uh engaged be more and those are all true none of those are wrong the leaders really should do those but if you're a leader and you're looking at those it starts to look very heavy like and i there's leaders that i've spoken with who have said to me you know i look at that and i think to myself like what's the point because mm -hmm. i'm never gonna i'm never gonna reach this you know this level of Ideal, leadership right. excellent mm -hmm. right like you mm -hmm. get those car you know there's that perfect graphic that shows like the leader getting everybody up over the cliff perfect it's beautiful that is what leadership should be but ultimately we all know we're human and we're going to make mistakes and so for leaders to feel like it's okay to say i need to think about it for a minute and not think that that means they're not a great leader because they don't instantaneously have the right answer but that like emotional intelligence says if I'm not completely sure of this answer, let me take a minute to think about what the correct answer is. Unless, of course, you're in an urgent situation. Mm -hmm. But on, in those opportunities where you have that, and that's really hard for people in leadership, especially executive level positions, to feel like it's okay to be like, I need to think about that. Mm, um, and I it's agree. hard. It's hard as a parent, right? As a parent, totally. it's hard. And I have yeah. to say sometimes, yeah, you want to respond immediately in the situation because you're feeling whatever emotion you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
I need to, you know, like, I can't tell you what your consequence is going to be right now. I need to go. I need to right. think about this I need to because think I'm not sure. One. Hold on. <laughs> right. Like I need to make sure that I'm not just having a bad day. Exactly. Like, yeah. Maybe exactly. you don't need to be grounded for three months because you dropped your pencil on the floor. Um, <laughs> right. It's the degree. So on that note, we're going to break real quick, guys. But okay. Don't go anywhere. I know you're hanging on Deb's every word. Hold tight. We'll be right back with you. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. Are you a hardworking business owner or nonprofit? Do you want a bank with a neighborhood feel that you can truly trust? At Webster 5, our mission is to support local organizations and the people who are building stronger communities every day. Webster 5 has a true understanding of the issues facing businesses and nonprofits. From day-to-day processes to long-term funding, our business banking team offers expert guidance and a unique set of tailored solutions. Visit web5.com. To find out more, Webster 5, member FDIC, member DIF. Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carryrowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success? Build an abundant business, easily find your right clients, and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you? If your answer is yes, then you'll want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Business Success with Human Design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you've been taught to be and how you've been told to do business, moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you. Come and explore human design for business with Nancy. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with Deb Harrison. Before I start, let me just 
a word from our sponsor. Do you feel stuck and long for growth in your life? Do you wish you had more tools to adapt to life's challenges on the fly? Deb Harrison, Growth and Change Catalyst, helps individuals and businesses to adapt in an ever-changing world so you can improve performance and well-being. She's a candid roll-up-your-sleeves guide for navigating transitions, conquering obstacles, clarifying communication, and unlocking potential, leading to meaningful and sustainable growth. Deb will passionately inspire you not only to recognize, but to apply your unique gifts in a way that makes a difference. Visit dharrisonpvd.com. That's dharrison, P as in purpose, V as in vision, and D as in drive.com to find out more. Thanks and welcome back, Deb. And we were just having this great conversation about leaders and LinkedIn and how it must feel so overwhelming to be a leader and and having all these things thrown with probably good intention thrown at them, but you should be this, you should be that. How do you manage that huge feeling of overwhelm that I think a lot of us feel nowadays from all of the input coming from social media and everywhere around us? Yeah, thanks. I think, you know, one of the recurring themes that I hear in talking to a lot of the leaders is I think this notion that we spend a lot of time talking about what leaders should be, and to your point, good intentions, that we sometimes forget what they already are and what they're confronting. And so allowing them to feel okay about thinking that some of those things are unobtainable and that it's in the effort and it's in the attempt to try to grow and try to interact. So, you know, I do a lot of of stuff with vulnerability, a lot of workshops with vulnerability, collective, not just the leaders, right? Everybody should feel comfortable saying like, I don't know. Mm. And, you know, I've found that. So I have to a lot of times personally invite the executives, specifically like the CEOs or COOs, they'll have these workshops kind of for their company, but they're not always intending to, to be there either because they, you know, I'm sure there's a variety of factors. They're busy or they might feel that that's not their the setting. They want to let people feel free to speak. Um, but encouraging them to be there in the workshop with everybody else, because I think we need to all be hearing the same message together, which is that it's okay to not know and it's okay to feel overwhelmed. And when leaders are looking at LinkedIn and they're seeing those things, or they're in situations in boardrooms or with their companies where they're being called to task because that is their role and they're being questioned about things, uh, that their their feelings of, um, I want to choose the word carefully, so their feelings of being not quite enough, not that they're inadequate, not that they're incapable, but just not quite enough to perhaps meet some of these standards can prevent them from being able to be authentically really open and honest and sometimes provide what would be an even better response because Mm -hmm. they're trying to run it through this filter of, is it going to live up to all of these different expectations? And then you have other times where I think there's that concept of almost like, I'm not going to be that. So maybe I don't even try, right? Like maybe Mm -hmm. I don't even try to be engaging with them because I'm never going to be engaging enough. Maybe I don't try to be vulnerable because I'm never going to be vulnerable enough. Yeah. Uh, so that that comes up time and time again. And, and yeah. I don't think I'd even really expected, to be honest, the degree to which this is so consistent across industries and across executive roles. This notion that even with people that on the surface you would perceive as being really confident and really totally cool, you know, and thinking that they've got it all together. And you find that they're they're too struggling and wow. saying like, 
you know, I, I know I did that right, but I messed up all of these other things. Isn't that powerful, so, right? Like you, it, it's just, it, and again, it's just our, our, our humanness, right? It's just, it's in all of us. And not, being not enough is one of the four, you know, biggest, uh, you know, thoughts that we all have, not being enough, not being lovable, right? you know? Right. So it's one of those needs that we're always looking to fill. And if you think about it in that role, if they're the leaders, who are they looking up to? And, and I always go back to right. having a really good role model, you know, even obviously if it's outside of your, your company, but it's hard to be the leader and not have somebody that you're, you know, spitballing ideas with, you know, that you're, that you're looking up to. And, and I think that that just naturally seeps in, you know, that, that doubt that we do to ourselves, the opposite yeah. of what it says on your wall, believe. Right. <laughs> right. And <laughs> And understanding the notion too, that leadership is all encompassing. You have leadership as a title and you have leadership as a, a life choice, right? We can all be leaders in the mm -hmm. things that we say and the things that we do. And so sometimes too, when, when we're dealing with like, we'll say if I go into a company and there's some, something culturally going on where they're feeling like they've got a high turnover rate or people are expressing that they're not happy, but they're not sure why. And when I, you know, we'll speak to people and a lot of it, they'll, the, fingers go towards the leader, meaning the person who's in the leadership position because mm -hmm. of the title. And certainly sure. they are a culture setter. And so that was some of that responsibility is theirs. I would not, I would not take away from that, but the role that everybody plays, right? So if there's toxicity in a company or there is, maybe it is, doesn't even go that deep, but there's just inefficiency or there's a high turnover rate, right? There's something that's going on. There are pieces that everybody can contribute to that. So it's not just and again, not even your leadership here, not your leadership here, right? It's everybody around the company has a role to play in what they do. So if you're like, for example, gossiping around the water cooler, right? Whether you're a leader or not, and um, that's the type of impression that you're giving, that's going to create a setting where people feel that that's acceptable. Mm -hmm. So we are, we all have an opportunity to be leaders. So I say like, you know, look at that stuff on LinkedIn. Yes, you should hold the leaders of companies accountable to those, but we should also be holding ourselves accountable to those because we are all part of this world. We're mm -hmm. all going to be better together. We all have gifts that we were given and that we can use to do wonderful things. Mm -hmm. And that connection is critical. So that makes us all a part of that leadership term. Amen. I love that. And realizing that you do have an impact. You could be a leader in your small group around the water cooler and right. raising the level of the conversation right. up has a ripple effect. If one person says, mm, I'm really not comfortable with what you're saying right now and just politely says it and walks away, that also has an effect, right? right? Like setting those boundaries, but also reaching for that higher level of communication, vibration, all that stuff like you're saying, it all trees up. It's all part of it. So whether you think you affect the group or not, you affect that whole culture of any company just by your actions alone. I think that's a really powerful thought. Yeah. And I think we can feed into our leaders, right? We have the opportunity at the end of the day, you know, this is something again from the mastermind, right? You know, they'll, they'll talk about how everybody's a person. Everybody's a person, whether you're a famous celebrity or you're somebody that, you know, rarely leaves the house, we are all the same value. Yeah. Right. We are all the same value. And so what opportunities do we have also to take chances to speak to the people who are in the leadership positions by title mm -hmm. and provide positive support and feedback to them that yeah. they probably wouldn't ask for? Right. Exactly. And I don't just mean the the thank you letter or the gift at the holidays to, to mm -hmm. honor their title. I mean, the actual at the personal level 
to -hmm. say like, I bet that was really stressful for you. That meeting was really stressful. That must've been hard. Uh, So it's, there's just so many levels to it. And, and it's interesting to watch the dynamic of different people's expectations for whose responsibility, different pieces of the puzzle are right. Like, well, that's an HR responsibility. It's like, really everybody's part of creating culture and creating connection and communication. And, Mm -hmm. and that can be really hard, but it's also really beautiful. Like that's really beautiful. Like every single person can create a better place. Mm -hmm. And the ownership of that owning that, hey, my word does count here. And and starting that at a really whatever level you're at at that company and, you know, just driving that message down, but also driving that message back up. I love the open door policy. You know, somebody new can come in and say, hey, I really love this company and I love this and I love that. You know, it's that feeling that we're, you know, okay, I might be the leader up here on the top floor in a beautiful office, but I want you to come on in and tell me if you have a problem. Right. You know, just being feeling free to op- open up the conversation and open up the door, but also own the fact that you do feel a part of that. You're part of the culture. Everybody there is part of the culture. And building that together um, is a really powerful idea that just one person could even go in there and make a big change right. and make a big difference. I love that. Yeah. As and in I, the world, right? It's a, Businesses right. are just a microcosm of the world, right? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. That's funny. I was, I was, I was just going to say that that ripples out into our world, right? So I think about in the grocery store, and it's interesting. So t- little fact about me. So overall, I would say I'm in, more introverted, right? So I get like if I'm at a party, the small talk conversations sometimes can be very tiring to me. I love them. I love feeding into people, but the, it's very tiring for me because mm-hmm. I put so much of myself into it. Right. Yet I cannot sometimes suppress like in the grocery store, every opportunity to, to interact with somebody, even on a very small level, right? Mm-hmm. You catch somebody's eye for a second mm-hmm. and you smile. But that same thing that whatever the person is, whether we know the person, we have absolutely nothing in common, or there's some overlap in our lives. We all have that ability to speak into each other's lives in big mm-hmm. ways and in small ways. And I love when I see people, you know, across the parking lot helping each other. Like I'm mm. like, yes, you know, that, that like <laughs> yes. really revs me up. Yeah. And so you're right. The companies are just kind of that microcosm, but that those chances that we see to do things, because sometimes we can't do what we consider to be in the bigger picture stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe I can't travel to a really poverty stricken area right now and, and be doing work to help feed the poor. That doesn't mean it's not important to me, mm-hmm. but what can I do? in my immediate circle, in my immediate life, because you you just, it all feeds forward. Whether it's one yes. person or it's 20 people you're helping, you don't know with whom, how many people that one person is going to help. And even if it is just that one person, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you just helped a person, right? Like that's something to that. be really, really amped up about. Absolutely. And the ripple effect, like you're saying, because that's, I talk about this in my book, it's contagious. The smile in the grocery store is contagious because then that person passes it on to the next person and smiles at the next person. Or when we used to have toll booths and somebody would pay your toll out of nowhere for you and you drive up, they're like, oh, he paid for it. You're like, oh, now you're inclined to do it the next time you go through the drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts, right? So it's like that cumulative, that contagiousness of the positivity, because again, like we said before, the negativity can be cumulative, but so can the positivity that can be totally cumulative. I love this conversation. I think we could have a whole other hour to go on. Surely. And it's been so wonderful to have you here, Deb. Thank you so much for joining us. I love the work you do. Tell them one more time where they can find out more about you. So you can catch me on my website, D Harrison, Mm -hmm. P is in purpose, V is in vision, D is in drive 
Dot com. Uh, you can also catch me on Instagram at dharrisonpvd. I am on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, most of the social media platforms as well. Uh, please feel free to reach out to me. And I really enjoyed this conversation, Carrie. I thank you again for, for inviting me on. I feel excited. I'm ready to go out now. I think I'm going to go shopping just so I can go say hi to some people and make them smile. <laughs> thank you so much, Deb. You are a breath of fresh air. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank Take care, you. everybody. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. Be well. Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best-selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit CarrieRowan.com for more details. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.